We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Turkey Day. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio. Yes, it is. Turkey Day Eve. Hopefully you're fasting, at least when it comes to food. I know a lot of people probably aren't fasting when it comes to the drink tonight. The party has already started, so let this be the official kickoff to your Thanksgiving fun. On the way, going to be hearing from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking to my man, Blue Larry Bluestein, he knows high school football in this area, backwards, forwards, up, down, and all around. So he's going to give us a scoop on that. The Dan Lebetard Show, talking with my man, George Sedano. He's from Miami. He's currently in New Orleans, which is where I am born and raised. I've been tweeting him all day, telling him what dive bars on Bourbon Street to go to. He's going to be talking about that. Plus, AD's return to New Orleans. I still love AD. I'm not petty, but I will be watching the game hoping that the Pelicans murder him and his children because he'll die so bad that his unborn children will die too. I don't even know what that means. But nonetheless, I'm hoping the Pelicans win big tonight. Then, Hawk and Crowder, they're on vacation. But in their place, my man, Alex Dono and B. Monroe. Got a lot of my mans today just feeling in that good, thankful mood. They're going to be talking about a food draft and maybe some more stuff about the U. Right now, you can hear the headlines that I'm bringing you. Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant is now out for the rest of the season due to an ankle injury while wideout Isaiah Ford returns to the team. Miami plays Philly Sunday at 1. Jimmy Butler says no players talk trash to him because he'll slap them. So expect no trash talk tonight when the Heat play in Houston. Tips at 8. Anthony Davis makes his return to New Orleans tonight when he and the league's best Lakers take on the Pelicans at 9.30. Davis played in the Big Easy the past seven seasons. In college basketball ranks, the 27.5-point underdog Stephen F. Austin stunned number 1-ranked Duke at home last night, defeating them 85-83 in overtime. The U's basketball team on a break until Monday when they play at Illinois. The Canes football team look to rebound from their loss to FIU this Saturday when they head to North Carolina to face Duke. Kickoff is at 3.30. The Panthers are in D.C. taking on the Capitals this evening. Pre-game begins here on 560 The Joe at 7. Get your Turkey Day NFL viewing ready. The first game is Lions versus Bears at 12.30, then Cowboys-Bills at 4.30. Finally, the Saints match up against the Falcons with kickoff at 8.20. UEFA Champions League play continues today. Chelsea and Valencia finished 2-2 with American Christian Pulisic scoring a goal. Inter Milan will do battle with Slavia Prague. FC Barcelona battles Dortmund. And Liverpool and Napoli will face off amongst others. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Florida man was recently arrested for a traffic violation. And when police found a bag of cocaine in his car, he proclaimed it could not have been his and that the wind must have blown it in there. We all live in South Florida and know that this happens. It happens! A South African woman is lucky to be alive after an 18-wheeler T-boned her car with her in it, dragged it for a half a mile, then landed on it. 
South African lady four, big truck, let's say two. Two hikers armed with metal detectors recently found an engagement ring in New Hampshire's mountains. They have taken to Facebook to help find the owner, but no response as of yet. Lost engagement ring? Hmm. A Netherlands supermarket chain asked workers to send photos of themselves in their underwear so they could use it to test a new sizing app for clothes. Due to public outcry, they have rescinded that request. Hey, I've sent pictures with less on for fun and for free. I don't see what the big deal is. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for no rain with temperatures around 70. Win a brand new $45,000 Mercedes-Benz at Hylia Park Casino. Get free entries every Saturday and earn more entries playing slots every day now through November 30th. Grand prize giveaway Saturday, November 30th. This morning, the Joe Rose Show brought it strong with Blue. Larry Bluestein, this guy, is high school football in South Florida. Okay, maybe he's not. He doesn't play, but he knows everything about it. So he discussed with Joe Rose and the guys the Broward-Dade brawl, ranking high school classics, the decommits to the U, high school picks of the week, and ideas on Lamar Jackson as a high school player. Uh, you win and you go to the finals. Uh, so this is a big one for eight teams in Dade and Broward, including one matchup, Deerfield Beach at Columbus. Good morning, Blue. How you doing, buddy? Great. Yeah, how are you guys this morning? Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. And uh, certainly uh, what a festive time and what a great time to be uh, a football fan in South Florida. Hey, uh, all right. You ready to jump into some games? And let's just take a look at some of them and, uh, and teams you like their chances and the best chances. But let's start with that game I just mentioned, a little Broward Dade flavor to it. Deerfield Beach at Columbus. We know everybody's playing well, especially if you're still in the big tournament. Kind of a classic uh, 12 noon start the day after Thanksgiving. You know, it kind of gets you in the mood. It kind of helps me a little bit because it'll give me a chance to see two games on Friday. You know how I like that. And, yeah, I know. Uh, you like It's a, two teams that are, you know, playing, uh, you know, kind of a cliche-ish, but playing, you know, their best football at, at the end of the season. Uh, but for Deerfield, for some reason, this team has just exploded on the scene. Losing two games to start the season to Carroll City and then to nationally rated St. John's of Washington, D.C. And then coming back and uh, putting together a really good stretch before they met St. Thomas, and that that was really a good game. It was 7-7 in the fourth quarter, and then St. Thomas pulled away and won a 28-7, but I don't know if there's been a hotter team, a more impressive team than Deerfield Beach in the playoffs. They've averaged 46 points, oh. only given up one touchdown a game, beating a uh, Vero Beach team that has won 64 in a row at, you know, during the regular season, but can't do it in the playoffs, and they beat them up in a hostile environment last week, and it wasn't even close, and uh, uh, like I said, they're running on all cylinders. I uh, talked to uh, Coach Ron Glenn the other day, and um, you know he said this this should be our year, and if it, it should be because we hear it every year, Joe. Deerfield should be, could be, would be, but uh, this is going to be a this yeah. is going to be a tough assignment for uh, Coach Dave Dunn in Columbus. Even though they're at home and it's noon, it's probably taking a lot of the Deerfield fans away from the uh, the game because a lot of you know a lot of people still do work yeah. on Friday. So right. um, and you got a Columbus team, like I said, played well. I think their most impressive win because I remember. Remember back, uh, oh, and I told we talked when they when, when they got the clock run on them against University School and uh, and lost to Dillard. 
and uh, didn't look too good. And um, but uh, Dave Dunn has rallied the troops, and um, it's it's going to be a tough assignment for him because Deerfield's coming in with all cylinders. I mean, with every place that you look, big yeah. team. So uh, you know, I, I you know Deerfield to me is the team to beat. And, okay. Um, and and we'll see if Columbus could slow down this train. A lot of really good football players in that game. All right, you saw a classic last week. Darn it, man. That American Heritage Plantation Northwestern game, you've seen some really good ones. Where's that one rank? Yeah, that's right there. Uh, you know, I mean, it's and, – and the great thing is, is, you know, people were waiting for Heritage to just fade and slide off the map, you know, at the end of that game, and they wouldn't. Uh, you know, they took it right down to the, to the wire, and Coach credit, uh, credit Coach Pat Sertain and his staff are doing a great job. And, uh, you know, kind of like they didn't get a lot done on offense uh, throughout the game, uh, and they kind of parlayed the mistakes that uh, Northwestern made, but Northwestern always going to make mistakes. You have to figure that they're going to turn the ball over and they're going to make penalties. So, uh, and if you can capitalize them on them, and that's what they did, because for four quarters they battled, uh, and that gives Northwestern. You know, you think Northwestern is going to come out flat against Tampa uh, Jesuit this week because wow, all their energy was put into last week, and that was a game. You got to remember that was a game that was eight months in the in the in the making because yeah. everybody had talked about that matchup being that one. So. Uh, Tampa Jesuits a good team. They come in, uh, you know, they're well coached. Kenny Kelly's kid plays on the team. Uh, last year they had Larry Hodges who plays at Miami. From a talent standpoint, they're no match to Northwestern. But from a coaching standpoint, uh, you know, they went in last year, lost only fourteen to three to Cardinal Gibbons. So uh, yeah, that's that's uh, going to be entertaining. Let's see how Northwestern bounce back emotionally because everything was drained last week. Blue, let's shift gears here a little. Give us the lowdown on what Miami's loss to FIU means on the recruiting scene. We're hearing all sorts of. You know things out there. You, you, you're right there. What's going on, uh, Dave? I don't think it's uh, from the Miami standpoint. Everybody kind of knows the score. They know what what what's ahead. They know what's on board. They you know a lot of the recruits, especially for this 2020 cycle, which uh, pretty much is going to bring in 10 to 12 kids in January. The kids who understand what's going on down there, I don't think it meant a whole lot. Fringe kids who are just you know are emotionally based and react you know um, need jerk reaction guys you'll lose uh, and and you do that anywhere you know I mean whether it's Miami or Wisconsin or you know you lose a big game and kids oh well I don't want to go there well so they don't understand the purpose I think for FIU it's huge you know after the game I'm on the field you know and talking to a lot of the coaches you know who are rightfully so just over overjoyed and you know a couple of the comments that I heard blue I wish we can go right out tonight and recruit and I don't blame them because what a hot thing to, to yeah. go out and, and say you a power five team. Yeah, so I think for FIU, it's going to be really, really a spike in what they do uh, from from getting a couple of kids who may have been leaning somewhere else. You know, they're not going to get a power five kid, and, and they never were would anyway. I don't care who you beat, you know. Uh, but uh, from the standpoint of just, you know, going out there and hold your head high, and after a season where it's been kind of up and down, remember they lost they, 50 points. The East Tennessee State put 50 points on them, and the FAU beat them by four touchdowns. So this was really yeah, a, a kind of a spike oh. at a time that they needed it. That's a rough one. Hey, uh, real quickly on uh, all these teams uh, in Dade and Broward, and and by the way, they all look to be the names that, oh yeah, they've been there before. Uh, yeah. Teams with the best chances that you like to win this week. St. Thomas Aquinas will run through them. How's yeah, it look St. this Thomas, week? St. Thomas has a uh, really tough team, even though the Venice has four losses. Their four losses have been to all major teams. I don't think they have enough offense to beat St. Thomas, but they'll 
they'll make it. They'll make it close because they're they have a good defense. Central. Central's on the road. Uh, they go to Bradenton area. A very good football team. A Palmetto team from over over in that area. That was actually the number one team with the RPI rankings when the first rankings came out. So they're not going to be a pushover. Chaminade. Chaminade wins it. They have Clearwater Central Catholic, who's on a, a seven-game winning streak, uh, but uh, Chaminade's running on all cylinders, trying to make it four state appearances in a row. Three. They want oh, a three-peat. How do you feel about Northwestern's chances? Yeah, they'll win it. Uh, I think they start slow. I think they're kind of, you know, I think they're going to have that hangover from last week because so that was, like you said, that was a classic. Champagnat. Champagnat uh, will go to the state for the four straight time. They play a, <laughs> a, a Sefner Christian. They play oh, a Sefner boy. Christian team that's good. Now on a ten-game winning streak, but their schedule doesn't have anything close to what Champagnat's been through. All right, and uh, Booker T, man, how, how do you feeling about Booker T, especially after Booker their T has win? a tough assignment. Uh, okay. They're going to a place where Lakewood's uh, has won twelve straight, third most players in the NFL right now, including the the brothers uh, from UCF that are at Seattle, um, and certainly uh, Will. W- I mean, the kid Win Isaiah Win. Uh, it's a team that has one of the. They have a Lamar Jackson type of quarterback right now. The kid's a big time kid. They're, they have they had two kids that were committed to Miami, who actually two kids that decommitted from Miami. But uh, isn't Booker T the success story? Lost Tim Ice Harris right before the season to go to uh, Florida Memorial. They're a co-coach. Uh, has cancer and lost 140 pounds. Uh, rallying point. Their yeah. defensive uh, line coach had uh, a stroke right before the American game. They lost five kids to Northwestern who all played last week. Two to Gulliver. Let me tell you something. I think Ben Hanks and this team uh, are, the, are the team of destiny, and I think they go over and get it done. Hey, I want to ask you real quickly because we've had so much talk about another guy here in South Florida, Lamar Jackson. Luke, yep. take me back when he was in high school for everybody, and, and I, I'm guilty of this too. Like, who is this? This guy, where the hell did he come from and just went to Louisville and tore it up? Where did you have him ranked coming out of high school? Yeah, he was a top 10 kid. And when, when he's compared as a junior to Michael Vick, uh, you know, you, you kind of figured that there was going to be something special brewing. I mean, he did so much. I watched him live three times. Coconut Creek game, I still remember, was like 52-51. I mean, he would never stop. I mean, just when they were down, I mean, he just, he was a magician. And every And the thing that I always shook my head is when everybody, whether it was him going to Louisville or him going to the Ravens, but say, oh, he's not a quarterback. He's a receiver. Yeah, well, he's not. He, you know, he's <laughs> he's pretty darn special, and he's always been that way. Um, and just a great football player, and and he makes things happen. As a we three saw star, against, or four uh, star guy, Blue. Uh, he was a four star kid. Oh, okay. Uh, and mainly because he was at Boynton Beach. If he was at St. Thomas or one of those other schools, he'd be a five star, no no problem. But uh, he lacked that exposure because you know he was with a program that, that that didn't get all the accolades and all the attention. So, but big time kid guys I mean you know I mean you can't hide somebody like that you know as my dad used to say is that we'll take the worst player and put him in right field well there's no 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 hiding that guy because uh, he was pretty special I remember talking to Lamar Thomas a former Kane receiver who was recruiting for Louisville and recruited Lamar Thomas who said it was so late in the period and no one had signed him that when he took in the tape to Bobby Petrino Petrino said oh this guy can't be any good because all the good players are gone now why was he so lightly recruited out of high school well, I just think because of the competition he played, and I don't think anybody. You know how it is when, when sometimes Dave, when you when you play lesser programs and you get it done, they go, well, you know, it's against that team or it's against that team, and yeah, sure he's this and sure he's that, but uh, if you really know football and you could see what he did, just just his mechanics and just how he improvised and and, and made made every game look like he was a giant and everybody else was that little kid, uh, and then you understand uh, that there was no no getting around the fact that he was going to be special. Blue, you. Didn't think he was going to be this good. 
He's the best player. No, football. well, who did? You know, I mean, did I? You know, there's a lot of guys that, that you never think. Hey, boo. But you knew he was hey, boo, be I love you. The Ravens didn't know he was going to be this good. They wouldn't have taken him yeah. 32nd. Even Ozzy's going, damn, I didn't know he was going to be this good when we got him. Yeah. Hey, Blue, no thank doubt. you, buddy. Uh, really thank appreciate you guys. it. Have a good holiday. Thanks you so much. Care. All right, Larry All right. Bluestein, our high school football insider, joins a little bit. Four star. Lamar Jackson. Four star. Four star. Yeah. All right. Larry Bluestein, that guy knows high school football. And listen to him talk forever. And you can hear him join the Joe Rose Show periodically here and there, usually on Football Fridays. Joe Rose Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Joe Rose out the rest of the week because he's just that guy. He's got some Thanksgiving to get to. Dan Lebetard talking with George Sedano, who used to work at this very radio station. George Sedano in my old city, New Orleans, Living it up and getting ready for AD's return to the Big Easy. Going to be a blowout tonight. You know I'm going to be screaming at the top of my lungs throughout the whole evening. And up next, Dan Levitar and the guy's going to be screaming it up with George Sedano. It's the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. You can step into the day spa, get some dive bar hints and tips on where to go whenever you're in any town because I live at the dive bars and just a whole lot of other fun. So check that out and be sure to check out Dan Levitar and the guys there on weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560. The Joe earlier today, they caught up with an alum of this radio station, George Sedano. George Sedano, oh, he is in the big easy. So I've been tweeting him all day at Sedano, telling him what dive bars to go to in NOLA, but right here, Dan Levitar and the guys rocking with George Sedano, talking about New Orleans Bourbon Street wins. He was at Aaron Rose. I love that coffee daiquiri that they have. NOLA reaction to AD? Oh, it's going to be nasty tonight. LeBron and AD's chemistry, 76ers to the finals, and Boogie's block party here in Miami. Either way, George Sedano is joining us uh, live right now from New Orleans. George, this is very exciting. You realize that Thanksgiving Eve is like one of the nation's biggest party days, and you are in one of the nation's biggest party cities. Have you already hit up Bourbon Street, and how many hand grenades have you had? (laughs) It's funny. I thought it was pretty tame last night. I expected way more people out in the streets, and it it was pretty dead last night. I went to Bourbon Street for a little bit. We ended up at some dive bar called the Aaron Rose, uh, which has uh, the signature drink that they do like a like a frozen Irish coffee, like almost like something like you'd get at like Wet Willies or Fat Tuesdays, um, which was pretty delicious. But uh, yeah, it was pretty tame last night. I was almost disappointed. But tonight, my guess will be pretty wild, maybe, you know, certainly at the game and probably after the fact. So seven hand grenades followed by a few hurricanes at Pat O'Brien's. Good to know. Those drinks will yeah. sneak up on you. You you have to hit them. So, like, you don't realize, because I guess the grenadine, you don't realize what's hitting you until well after the fact. Yeah. The first time I went to New Orleans, I was crawling on the floor by like 7.30. I was not prepared. <laughs> what kind of reaction, I think it's pretty obvious, but what kind of reaction is Anthony Davis facing today? And is this going to be sustained throughout the game? Well, I talked to Stan Verrett, who's from New Orleans, right? And he, he's this late-night sports center anchor with Neil Everett, who those guys love your show. Uh, obviously, they make reference to your show all the time uh, when they're doing their sports center highlights. But he's from here, and he says, look, man, expect to put earplugs on. Like, I've come here. I'm going to take you inside of the, uh, the velvet rope here when it comes to broadcasting. So when I do these games, right, I have what they call an IFB, an earpiece, and it's usually just one ear. I was told, expect to go with the double earpiece today because it's going to be that loud. And they're going to be booing him the whole time. Stan told me that when Baron Davis left and eventually came back, now because of the 
um, he went, I'm trying to remember the exact moves that he made. But anyway, he was traded to another team or went to another team, but didn't come back here for five years. And then when he came back five years later, they booed him on every possession. So needless to say, Anthony Davis, who hasn't been gone for five years, will get booed because he got booed the last seven or eight times he actually played as a Pelican. So it's not going to be nice for him. Well, that's sort of what Kyrie Irving does. I read somewhere that he hasn't played in Cleveland since like 2017. Kyrie Irving was, everyone was excited for Nets at Boston. Tonight, a whole slate of programming was just dedicated to superstars getting booed. At least we'll get that payoff with you. But I think Kyrie Irving just goes out out of his way to avoid these sort of situations. I want to transition a little bit to the other team in Los Angeles because it seems as though you can't really talk about the Lakers without talking about their direct competition in town. Was really impressed with the Clippers last night. The Mavericks came in riding high. Everyone was talking about Luka Doncic and you saw the gulf that is between those two the, uh, teams. One of the things that stuck out to me is Kristaps Porzingis. I know there's rust. I know he's essentially hadn't played basketball for close to two two full seasons. He's got a weird body type, and that's a difficult injury to bounce back from. But at what point do we start getting concerned that we're not going to see the same Kristaps Porzingis? Man, I, I think we have a situation kind of like what we saw with Gordon Hayward in a lot of ways, where he just didn't look right, he didn't feel right, his body wasn't right, everything just felt wrong for him. I think that you have to give him at least one full season. If he goes into this next year, then you really need to start to worry. But let's face it, Mike, it wasn't like he was a guy who was initiating contact previously when he was playing with 100% health. He wasn't a guy that was you know, trying to intimidate people, trying to force his will on teams. That wasn't him. He had a more of a finesse game anyway. Yeah, I get a little frustrated watching him because he obviously had, has this crazy size, and you'd think he'd be able to grab every board, but that's not really his game. And because Luka is one of their better rebounders, but he's usually out on the perimeter because he's initiating so much offense, they're requiring Kristaps Porzingis to really try to eat glass, and that's not his game at all. Pivoting now to LeBron James's season, because Luka's discussed as an MVP candidate, but LeBron James seems to be the clear frontrunner at this point. Can you talk about the natural fit that is Anthony Davis and LeBron James and what it's meant for LeBron's career? I am glad that you brought up that Kristaps uh, Porzingis is not a glass eater. I, I do think that that is an important decision. Someone's got to play right? the Sugats role today. He also can't grow actual <laughs> rust, too. That'd be cool if humans rusted. <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, does it hurt you to see LeBron play this well still, or are you, are you beyond all that? Dude, I'm Team point? Petty forever. <laughs> team Petty forever. When they come down here in December, I'll, I'll do the thing where I, uh, I'll boo initially in the intros, and then I'll, I'll lighten up and make them know still? that they- With they, LeBron? Yeah. They, Dude, get over I'm it. I'm Team Petty I've been forever. over it for a while. I know, I know Sedano's been over it because he's essentially turned his back on the Miami Heat organization and become full <laughs> that LA guy. Not true. Wow. Yeah, he is hated now by Heat Twitter. That is not true. They, well, they hate me because I keep saying the Sixers are going to the finals, and then, of course, the Sixers drub the heat, and nobody said anything to me that day. George, back um, end of a back-to-back, back end of a back-to-back on the road. Come on, three of the Heat's four lo- uh, losses have come via the same fashion. See that heat ball movement? <laughs> the Sixers The Sixers also had a back-to-back in that situation. Home and home, home and home. It's totally different than being in Chicago, in hopping on a bed. bird. I think, he's jumped, I think he's jumped off the Lakers because I saw him with a Clippers jersey. 
jersey the wow. other day. Yeah, they, they sent you the uh, yeah the city yeah. edition, which are pretty cool. Yeah. So you Clippers guy now? But the Heat, the Heat are also sending me uh, the Vice jersey too. Uh, Man, they're they sending just, this guy just roots for anyone that'll send yeah. them. Did you go rookie like, move and put but, a Sedano but, on the back of it, or did you go another jersey? Uh, they just sent it to me with Sedano. Like last uh, time when um, when they had the uh, the other Vice jerseys, the the black ones, um, they sent me the one and it said Sedano on the back. But Mikey, I'm actually coming to Miami. I'm the the jump and uh, is going to do a Heat All Access Day. Um, I'm coming to to Miami. Rachel has invited me, so I'm going to be there the, the day of the Laker game. We're going to do a big blowout for the Heat on that day. I know, and a little birdie better. told me that you're not sticking around for the Moss Miami party the next day. Very disappointed uh, in you. What does this mean I for can't. LeBron James, oh, Anthony oh, Davis? Okay. Answer the question, NBA Insider. Oh, sorry, but I'll tell you why I'm not. Uh, I'll tell you why I can't stay for Moss Miami later. Um, it is the most natural fit that he's had with any player. Um, as great as Dwayne Wade is, and I think Dwayne Wade is the most accomplished and best player that LeBron James has ever played with, Anthony Davis just fits better. It's just like when, when LeBron used to play with, with just Chris Bosh. Like if Dwayne missed the game, those two guys fit really well. Now imagine if Chris Bosh was even more athletic than he already was. It just changes the dynamic with the way LeBron gets to play. And here's the thing. They've yet to even scratch the surface on their pick and roll game, which is what everybody thought they were just going to do to dominate teams. So there's still more left kind of in the arsenal for them to to kind of put out there to, to really potentially dominate on offense. Jorge Sedano with us. He's going to be on the sideline tonight. Lakers at Pelicans, 930 on ESPN. George, how can we infiltrate this broadcast, our show? We're thinking here, maybe we get you to say, George Sedano rocking with you on a Wednesday. Here, I'm here with Coach blah, blah, blah. Uh, man. Um, say the coach's name. I, I gotta, though, I, yeah, don't yeah, say don't blah, 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 blah. Or if you want to say Coach blah, 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 that'll work too. No, Coach blah, blah, blah will definitely not work. I may be able to sneak in rocking with you. Let me, I got to run. It's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> The, the shipping container always rocks with Maybe the Wednesday. Happy, happy Turkey Day Eve? No, that's not no, really no, show no, related. Tame. No, no, no. Because I don't think it would be the first time in recorded history anyone's done a sideline interview starting with George Sedano rocking with you on a Wednesday. You just got to do it really quick, George. Like, don't even make it like it's well, a thing. The Have problem. it be natural. If right, you're natural, the, the coach what will I think do. it's your thing. When I do these interviews, they're sponsored at the top. So I got to do all the sponsorship stuff. And I only have a finite amount of time to get this thing done because we tape them in the timeout. And we only have two minutes. And, so, and the coach still has to come to me while he's draw, after he's done drawing up a play. So there's really not a lot of time in that particular instance to do something. Oh. Now, there are reports. Hold on. There are reports within the broadcast that maybe I could sneak something in. But even then, it would have to kind of fit right. Okay. All right. But I don't talk to me about time limits yeah. because I just time myself rocking with you on a Wednesday and it took less than two seconds. Yeah. I don't want to hear right, it, George. But, off, but rocking with you on a Wednesday after I'm reading a State Farm read or NBA 2K20 isn't necessarily seamless. No, it's very it's simple. Normal George Sedano rocking with you on a Wednesday. Duracell, proud sponsor of batteries and NBA whatever. <laughs> or even coming out of it. All right, we're rocking with you on a Wednesday. Coach LeBron James here next to me. All right, you're going to hit up Bourbon Street. I'll promise me. Do. You, you promise me after the game you hit up Bourbon Street the way that you hit a boogies here in South Miami because it's a very important night. The the Wednesday before I do, Thanksgiving. I, I do miss Turkey Day Eve, man. That I was I was actually, you know, having a telling stories about uh, those Wednesday nights before Thanksgiving oh, last dude, night. The boogies, we were the boogies block party. Everyone yeah. knows. It's a time honor tradition. If you want to fly into Miami, I'll see you at space, bro. I got you. <laughs> Anytime you talk Miami, New Orleans, partying, basketball, those four things. Just get me tingling. George Sedano, rocking with George Sedano and Dan Lebetard. Up next, we're going to rock with the Hawkman and Crowder show, except Hawk and Crowder aren't going to be there. Instead, it's Alex Dano and B. Monroe.
The U is strong there, but will the U grow stronger? We'll find out next on the Best of the Joe Show. Here we go with the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Once again, happy Thanksgiving Eve. I am Dan Day, rocking you, not taking a break. No holidays here because we're just having fun. Hawk and Crowder, they got to be having fun. I think Hawk is over in Las Vegas celebrating his 50th birthday, celebrating Thanksgiving. His child has off from school. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. Crowder is probably about eight hop guns deep. He loves that funky Buddha. Can't blame him on that. Filling in for him, Alex Dano. That's one of my men right there. B. Monroe, he played at the U. Alex Dano, he graduated from the U. So the U is strong. So what do they talk about? Well, they started things off with a food draft. Because after all, Turkey Day Eve. Still kind of embarrassed about the U versus FIU. And Alejandro Solana gives you headlines and the worst weather you've ever heard. Yes! Oh, it is. It is! Alex Dono and Brian Monroe filling yeah. in for Hockey Crowder today. What's up, Brian? How you doing? I mean, I'm still, uh, I'm not going to say I'm doing great because we're, what, four days removed from the most embarrassing loss in Miami Hurricanes program history. I got Alex Solana pissing people off on Twitter. But how are you doing, <laughs> sir? How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm about to get fat tomorrow. I love it, man. I don't know what the weekend, the weekend's been gone. I don't know about you. That junk's been gone. I don't know, man. It takes me a while to get over this stuff. It is the it is the eve of Thanksgiving, as you mentioned, and we are going to bring back what used to be a, a tradition back when I used to be on evenings over on the Joe when it was WQAM. It still is WQAM, and now it's also the Joe. We're going to have a Thanksgiving food draft Woo! today. Your boy Beeson has the number one overall pick. He's got the number one pick. <laughs> Everything available for the Thanksgiving Day food draft from Turkey, which I think doesn't even nah, get that, a first round there's grade. There's no way that can get a first round grade. Some people still, and they talk about how, oh, you've got to cook it a certain way. you got to deep fry it. If you have to do that much to doctor up a turkey, it, it doesn't get a first round grade in my book. It, well, I'll say this, though. That deep fried turkey? It is the best form of turkey. Sweet baby Jesus. Oh, my God. (laughs) Talk about delicious. Man, but I don't want you burning down your houses out there. You know what I'm saying? That's my thing. So do it outside. I'm horrified to try to deep fry a turkey. What? Oh, you mean to cook it? To cook it. No, I've eaten it. I've eaten it. But I'm horrified to try cooking one myself because I don't want to be one of those idiots that has an exploding deep fryer. And even if the house doesn't burn down, if I do it outside, I might burn down the backyard or I might burn myself. Like, I'm afraid because when you see those stories about the Florida man who, you know, wrecks his neighborhood trying to deep fry the turkey. I'm just so afraid I'm going to be that guy. I know my limitations. I know my limitations and trying something that difficult, I think, is beyond me. I'm going to cook it the old-fashioned way. Well, you know, with this Popeye's crazy chicken sandwich crave, uh, they did do a deep-fried turkey for people that wanted it from Popeye's. I mean, is anybody dying over the turkey sandwich the way they're dying over the chicken sandwich? I mean, if if, if the next thing is the the crave of the deep-fried turkeys, (laughs) it's got to be good if that chicken sandwich went that nuts. I'll say this. I never tried that stupid chicken sandwich. I'm not going to do it either. I don't want to wait in line for it. No, man, it's a chicken sandwich. Come on. How good could it possibly be? really that much better than Chick-fil-A that I got to wait an hour and a half for that sandwich versus waiting 11 minutes for the Chick-fil-A sandwich. What about in like a year, though? Once the craze has kind of died down and, you know, you just pass by a Popeye's. That's that's my strategy. I'll just wait a couple months, 
The craze will die down eventually. There will be something new. It's like when people like movies. They're like, oh, I can't wait to go opening night. I'm like, I am never going to an opening a movie if it's big time so people can be talking in there and I got to cuss yeah. somebody out. See, like, I'm, the no. same, I'm the same way, but my wife is the type that she's got to see it like the second it comes out. So, oh, no. So no. I, I get dra- every time one of those stupid Avengers movies comes out, and they're not that terrible, but I just I get so annoyed. She gets like the tickets a month in advance oh, no. to go to like the no. midnight screening Mm-mm. on the Thursday, even though you have a ticket and a signed seat you got to wait outside the theater for an hour and a half because everybody's there i've done that so many times and i hate it every time i hate crowds i hate chaos and every time one of those superhero movies comes out, I've always got the first ticket to see it with my wife. And I wish we could have just waited a month until the crowds died down. Maybe that's why I'm single and I'm not married, because uh, <laughs> I'm not compromising on that. I know happy wife, happy life, but no, no, not not this guy. No way. <laughs> oh, man. So Brian Monroe says he's over uh, what FIU did to Miami. A, a couple a couple things I want to throw out there on that, okay? This is a, a pretty ugly stat, Brian, for the Canes. Miami became the first team in 40 years to lose three times in a season when they were favored by 14 points or more, including to ESPN College Game Day after being favored by 21 over FIU. They also narrowly won 17-12 to over Central Michigan as 30-point favorites. But the one that gets to me, and I talked about this with Crowder yesterday, I know it's been talked about a lot on this radio station, on our sister station, and because you, you, you played at Miami, okay? And you understand what it's like to go through a season, you understand motivation, you understand what it means to win on the Green Tree practice field, how do you explain being 0-3 coming out of bye week and having arguably your three out of your five losses, your three worst performances of the year came when you had an extra week to prepare and an extra week to get your bodies healthier? Like, how does Miami always come out and lay an egg at, thank God there's no more bye weeks. Oh well, God. at least you know, you're going to have like four weeks off before a bowl game. Yeah, great. But how, but how does Miami look so bad coming off a bye every single time? Can 2020 we have no bye weeks? Like, you know, I remember in 2017 when we ha- had- Have the bye weeks will be the first- That's three, it. Have the first three weeks of the season. Just That's start it. the season late and play all the way through. That's it. Like, I remember 2017 when we had the hurricane and we had no buys and everyone was like, yo, it's not fair, the whole nine yards. I wish this team had no buys. Yeah. But it, again, you can't explain it. You have no idea what is going on. The only thing I can say, this is on the coaching, right? This is on the coaches because you have to be able to figure out how do I motivate this team. Every team's different. Every kid's different. How do I motivate this team? Okay, you get a mulligan. You came out against North Carolina, flat. Boom, that's your mulligan. You came out against Central Michigan, flat, and played flat the whole game. And then you gave us the excuse of, oh, we got cocky and arrogant. You got cocky and arrogant off of what? Beating Bethune-Cookman? Are you kidding me? Well, they, they threw out cocky and arrogant again after that's the, the FIU that, loss. That's the thing that pissed yeah. me off because yeah. here's the thing. You're a four-loss team. There's nothing that you should be cocky or arrogant about at all. You should be embarrassed with yourself as far as what you guys expect at the beginning of the season, what some of these seniors came back for. You didn't come back for it to be 8-4. and four. You came back to win the Coastal, compete with Clemson, and try to make it into a big bowl game. So the whole cocky and arrogant statement, I still did not understand because you will start off the season 0-2. I know when I, and I hate to be that guy, oh, old guys, whatever. But I remember when we lost one game, when we had a team meeting, just the guys, what it was like. It was crazy. I was after Tennessee and 0-3. I was after Tennessee and 0-3. And this team started 0-2 and beats Bethune-Cookman. And we're talking about cocky and arrogance as an excuse to me. That lays completely on the coaching staff because you are letting your team get cocky and arrogant when you should be laying into them the whole time. Yeah, something that's kind of troubling is you keep hearing this talk, and I believe it because you kind of sensed it with the way these guys came out and played this past Saturday, that when you bring up the word arrogant, 
that there's an arrogance that comes from players who wear that uniform, wear those colors, wear that uniform, wear that you on their helmet, that there's an arrogance because of the excellence that automatically used to come with that program. But the problem is, like, you look back at some of the best Miami teams in history, right? I'm thinking 87, I'm thinking 2001, and, like, those players played with a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. every single game. Every like, game. So it's not like the 87 Canes, if they had played FIU, FIU didn't have a football program at that time, but if that were the 87 Canes playing this past Saturday, and now I sound like the guy living in the past, yeah. by the way, they would have gone out there and taken pride in putting 70 points oh on God. that team, right? Would've they would love to. They wouldn't have taken their foot off the gas no. thinking, yeah, we're, we're buying our hype because we just won three straight games. We're good. These guys shouldn't be on the same field with us. Yeah, they might have felt like those guys shouldn't have been on the same field with them, but they would have reminded them every single play and gone for the jugular on every single play. So I, I don't know. Like Arrogance is one thing, but I don't know with this group where the sense of entitlement comes from. I, I have no idea. Because I, I think that's the more important. Throw the word arrogant just completely out of the yeah, equation entitled. here. Entitled is what it is. Like I don't know why this group, like you said, who started on a two-game losing streak to start this, I don't know why this group would feel entitled to victories just for showing up. Yeah, and the thing is is that you know everybody knows that the University of Miami has one of the best brotherhood and fraternities of all the college you know, uh, football teams out there. And that's a great thing because you have, you have res- uh, resources that many people don't have where you're talking to an All-American, a first-rounder, uh, first a pro bowler. But these guys aren't saying to these young men like oh yeah you wear the you now so now you're good no they tell them what it means to what what it takes to be great right these young men say hey how do i become a first rounder how do i be great hard work film don't take anybody for lightly so that's where i don't get it because i've heard some of the great players talk to these young guys and you hear them and it's all about what you have to do be to be great and it's about the hard work that you put in and you just don't see it like we say it all the time the hardest working dude pretty much on offense just got here a year ago and that's KJ Osborne you know his work ethic to desire to be great is what you normally would see in a Miami Hurricanes team not the oh I'm here I made it no KJ said first time I've ever met him on his official visit I can't wait to work I was like oh my god I just hope these guys make Duke pay. Like, like, like if, if, <sighs> if, if I'm a Duke, if I'm a Duke Blue Devil, I'm looking at what happened to Miami this past week, and, and hopefully they're thinking this is the worst possible case scenario for us because you you can't take Duke lightly after this, you, right? You would assume you that, would assume but not. We would we shouldn't have taken anybody lightly yeah. after we what was it a five point victory against Central Michigan? Yeah, I mean, come on. And then by the way, this is Duke's bowl game. It is, this yeah. is what this team has to remember, and I hope the coaching staff reminds them: you are going to see everything from Cutcliffe. He's going to run trick plays. He's going to do some onside stuff. He's going to do anything in his playbook because they are not going to a bowl. This is their senior night. This is their bowl game. So expect the unexpected when they go play Duke this weekend. Let's get some headlines from Alejandro Solana. The Miami Heat are in Houston tonight, 8 p.m. tip-off. Jimmy Butler is out. It looks like he has that same sickness that Goron had a couple days ago. But Justice Winslow is available tonight. He returns from that concussion he suffered in Denver about over three weeks ago. Yeah, that kept him out a super long time. We're going to, by the way, talk with Chris Fisher from NBC6. We'll have 15 minutes of heat with Chris 
coming up a little bit later on this hour, but I'm a little bit worried. I mean, not that I wouldn't have been worried about playing in Houston anyway, but I'm a little bit extra worried knowing that Biscayne Buckets will not play tonight. Because I think with, as far as Justice Winslow goes, available, but I think it's going to take it's some time limited. to re- yeah. limited. He's not just going to be back out there starting in in, in, uh, in Justice Winslow form of a month ago. I think it's going to take him some time. Who let Sam Darnold into the Heat's locker room? I mean, come on. Let's be for real. This sickness has been going around. How, how does Jimmy get sick now, too? Do you hear about Darnold partying after that game? Yeah, like, I'm like, what are you making this a headline for? He's a 22-year-old man. He's rich. He just won a game. Of course he's going to make out with a chicken. Well, go yeah, get but, drunk. but you can see how that's the 22-year-old who goes out and gets mono when that's of the course. way he celebrates a game. Man, listen, we could all go back to when we were 22 <laughs> and see what we did. Now, I didn't drink at 22, but if I did, I probably would have had three kids by now. What else you got, Solana? The Florida Panthers are back on the ice tonight. They're in Washington to take on the Capitals. 7 p.m. puck drop on our sister station, the Joe WQAM. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cats are in okay position because they had a, a really solid uh, month of October, first couple games in November. But coming off of two straight losses, we need a bounce back tonight. We need a victory. And Doug Plagans is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour who's calling the game tonight. And Doug is going to be a part of our Thanksgiving draft. Oh, I'd love some food. He's a foodie. I know Doug pretty well, and I don't think he's a big fan of the traditional Thanksgiving food. Good. So he may take something kind of off the wall. So I'm looking forward to that. Perfect. We have Champions League action coming up in an hour. There's actually Champions League action going on right now. I know Valencia's playing Chelsea. I'm not sure what the score of that game is, though. But I do I saw know. Valencia was up 1-0 earlier. I don't know nice. if they still are. At 3 p.m., you have Barcelona versus Borussia Dortmund, Liverpool versus Napoli, and the very anticipated matchup on today's show, Inter Milan on the road versus Slavia Prague. Yeah, Inter's midfield is in really bad shape today. We got like a 50-year-old basically playing central mm. midfield for us, Borja Valero. He's like twice as old as me. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, about Yeah, you might be worried. Chelsea, worried. Chelsea is up 2-1 to one right now, and the American uh, Pulisic scored in the 50th minute. How about that? USA soccer. <laughs> he's our one good player. Yeah, he's our one good player. Stay over in Europe. Do not come back to MLS, please. Definitely. Not till you're 50. Not till you're 50. I want to give out uh, our draft order for today's Thanksgiving food day draft. We have first overall pick at 235. It's going to be John Beeson. Yes. At 335, Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. At 435, Tito Bonacci, former... WQAM employee, he has the worst food takes of all time. But, but, but hold on, there, there's more background on that because Tito Bonat created the food draft did. concept. Did he really? Yeah, I think it was like a year and a half ago. Appetizer draft, right? It was the appetizer draft. He came up with the idea because he's always got these food takes. Okay. And he came up with the idea. He was producing for me on evenings back in the day and he decided, like, let's get, like, uh, you know, sports journalists and other hosts on the station on to, to pick, you know, a food draft. We had an appetizer or draft it was very controversial because a lot of the picks were garbage but very popular so we've been doing food drafts ever since i went quesadillas i think i was third overall quesadillas with my appetizer massive reach how quesadillas solid as a top three it's an entree solid it's not it's not really an entree that's that's weak it's not an entree and our our fourth overall pick to end the show 535 it'll be doug plagans and finally guys a Russian farmers gave cows virtual reality goggles to reduce anxiety and increase milk production. <laughs> that's what I'm talking I about. Mean, that's not a terrible idea because they they always people people watch these documentaries about how like awful factory farming is. It's like I I don't I don't watch these documentaries because I love meat so mm-hmm. much that I don't I don't want to feel guilty about the meat that Me I either. eat. 
because I can never go vegan. I know that. So the last thing I want is to be a self-hating meat eater. So I don't watch any of these documentaries, but I hear about how stressed out these cows get on these farms and the factory farms. If we could just put like an Oculus Rift goggle on all these cows and, and make them, isn't this the Matrix? Like, isn't this what the Matrix Straight was? Up. They were they were using human beings as batteries. They would plug them into virtual reality. They lived in the Matrix. They had no idea. They were just, their energy was being drained to be a battery for the machines. Maybe if we make cows live that way, they'll have a better life. Maybe that's why Kobe beef is so expensive because they're not stressed and they're getting their muscles they massaged massage by milk yeah. and everything like that. God, I wish I lived that way. I'm telling you, man. Just like just like Peter trying to come after Ugga. I'm like, yo, did you see that? No, I didn't did see that. Did you see that, Solana? Yeah, I did. Like, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Georgia mascot. Are you kidding yeah, me? Really and then, cool. then one of the dudes showed the video of his life, and I'm like, I will change right now with his life <laughs> than my life right now. Really quickly, let me get weather in because I know everybody's dying to know my weather report. 81 degrees, partly cloudy in South Florida right now. Tonight, the low will drop to 67. Yes. Wind moving Huge. east, 7 miles per hour. That is how you do it on Thanksgiving Eve. Get your drinks in. Don't eat anything tonight. Then gorge yourself tomorrow. Cheer on the Pelicans as they will defeat the Lakers at home. Anthony Davis's return to the Big Easy. Hopefully they catch the New Orleans flu, kind of like the Miami flu, but just in a different location. I'm going to be yelling at On the Rocks Bar down in North Beach in Miami. That's my neighborhood bar. Going to be cheering on. If you want to come by, I'll be the guy at the bar yelling, screaming, cheering for the Pelicans. I don't know how many of those there are going to be, but I'll buy you a drink. Maybe you can buy me a shot. And uh, we'll take the rest of the night as it is. If you want to download the podcast for this show or any of the shows you hear on this radio station, absolutely free. Go to WQAM.com. You can also simply go to wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free or the Radio.com app. And while you're playing around on the interweb, give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Once again, eat it up, cheer it up, live it up. Be thankful. I am thankful that you have spent your time with me, and I am thankful that hopefully in the future we will spend more time right here from 6 to 7, 560 The Joe. This is the best of The Joe Show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.